0: Welcome, everyone, to today's devotion. We're in 1 John 3. Uh, I believe there's only five chapters of John. Uh, the epistles of John are very long at all. Um, and in chapter 3, we it's regurgitation of the main theme. So in order to appreciate 1 John, you have to understand the main theme. Because without understanding the main theme, what you're going to find yourself doing is feeling like it's, it's on repeat, that what he said in chapter 1, he'll say in chapter 4, and so on and so forth. Uh, and there's some uh, truth to that. However, when you grasp the theme of John and what his thesis is, I think it'll help with understanding why there is this repetition. The point of John is, is to answer the question, how can I know and be known by God? It's really a book about assurance. And so over and over again, he talks about knowing God and being known by God and knowing and knowledge and whatnot. And, and the answer to that question comes down to, to two key words, truth and love. And so, if we are in the truth, and that truth produces us love, uh, love for others, then we can know uh, that we are known by God. Um, uh, just, just to give us a, a simple uh, one of the, the options. Uh, well, he continues that in in chapter three. Uh, I want to skip down to verse four, uh, not because the first three aren't important, just really for the sake of time. Verse four says, "Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness." You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God by this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God nor is the one who does not love his brother so very black and white this John is very black and white Uh, Paul has black and white portions but he also has some more difficult theological gray uh, discussions that we've we've seen through in our discussion of Paul's epistles and I think we've done almost all of them um We still have to do the Thessalonians. Uh, But here is very black and white. Um, If you are living in sin, practicing sin, you do not know God, nor are you known by God. If you practice righteousness... and and uh, he'll define more what that means later on with, with his application of love. Uh, then you can know the truth that you are known by God because you know God. It's very, very simple. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning. So in chapters one and two, he really deals with what do we do when we sin, right? Now, now he says that those who are in Christ do not sin in the sense that they don't make a practice of it, But when we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Now his distinction is those who keep on sinning um, uh, and keep on practicing lawlessness um, do not know God. In fact, he says, you know, there's that word, you know, that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. It's a great summary of the gospel. Christ came to take away sins. So, if we are making a habit of sin, then we do not know him, for Christ came to take away sin. Very simple logic that he has, um, and yet yet very, very good. Uh, No one who abides in him keeps on sinning, um, and no one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him again that's the issue if you keep on sinning you are not in christ do not be deceived those who practice righteousness are righteous right now now if you we may have to define what he means by righteousness in the sense he doesn't mean the appearance of righteousness but true righteousness to practice true righteousness is rooted in true righteousness. This goes back to Jesus saying, you'll know a tree by its fruit. Uh, rotten trees produce rotten fruit. And good trees produce good fruit. Um, in fact, he says that those who keep on sinning are of the devil, because that's what the devil did. So you are either of Christ or you are of the devil. Now what I'm not suggesting, you go around saying, hey, you sinner, you're, you're satanic but but it does show us that that we do live in a um, spiritually driven world more than the physical world and and the demonic is real whether we speak of the extraordinary demonic which i don't have time to go in a lot of detail of this stuff or the ordinary demonic where where there's lying and anger and malice and and everything else Um, but we are assured the reason the son of god appeared it's there in verse eight was to destroy the works of the devil. So Christ came to take away sin. Christ came to destroy the devil. Both are related. Both are related. This is clear in in the temptations that we face towards sin and the accusation that we are still sinners. Uh, This is the works of the devil. Two of the greatest things he does is to tempt and to accuse. But if we have Christ, we know, there's that word, that he has been crushed and that he has taken away our sin. This is the good news of of the gospel. Um, And in verse 10, by this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not from God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. And that bleeds into his, his, the, the next section. So he says that if you want to know, if you are known by God, the key issue is, do you practice righteousness? And now, do you love others? Right? So, so the, the so when you grasp the truth, what Christ has come to do to to take away sins and to crush the devil, when you know the truth, then what are the fruit of that truth? And the fruit of the truth is righteousness and love. So if you want to know if you are known by God, then the answer is again, the truth of the gospel and the uh, blessings of the gospel the benefits of the gospel so he talked about righteousness in verses 4 to 10 and you're going to talk about love starting in verse 11 for this is the message you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another right now that takes us back to chapter one uh, a new commandment i give you it's not a new commandment but an old commandment but a new one i give you and the reason it's new is because it is uh, now in the context of the cross in fact, he, he's going to make that clear. Verse 16, by this we know love. Right? So this is important. Being that we live in an age where, where love is everything. Uh, there's an illustration I've used over and over again. I've probably used it in the devotions. It's uh, um, a man goes over to third world country. And he, he notices everyone is singing about food. All the songs of the community sings are about food. And so the man asked the chief, why do you sing so much about food? And he says, because there isn't enough of it here. And then he responded, is that why in your country in america people always sing about love i think i think there's a real truth to that we sing about love because there is a lack of real love in our country, not just at a cultural level with the riots and everything else, but really at the uh, interpersonal level, because we often confuse love with infatuation, with lust, with with emotional feeling, connection whatnot, rather than to have an actual understanding of love. And so here John is going to define it for us. By this we know love. And so he'll say that if you want to know if you're known, practice righteous rooted in the gospel and love your brother but this is what love means that Christ laid down his life for us that's the definition of love it's the cross one of the things I like to point out frequently is if you were to do a word study of the word love in the New Testament what you'll find is that um, the majority of the time it's either written in the past tense loved or it's written in the present tense with a past modifier And this is um, a a good example of this. Um, By this we know love that's in the present with a past modifier, that he laid his life down for us. The reason this is significant, because when, when it says God has loved us, it isn't that God used to love us, past tense, but rather we know God loves us presently because he demonstrated that love in the past. Maybe there is someone in your life right now, you never have to question their love for you, uh, their concern for you, or they want the best for you because you can always go back to that moment in your your life. Maybe it's a recent past event, maybe it was something from, from decades ago, you say, look, this person, uh, this loved one, this friend or this coworker, or whatever, has shown me that they truly love me because of the sacrifice they made. Because they showed up in in, in a moment when no one else would show up for me, but they did. And they were there for me. And so you never have to question their love for you. And that's the biblical concept of love. Not just that we know that God is love, but that we know what love is. And that love is from God who, who is love and he demonstrates that love and defines love by the cross. So this is why throughout the New Testament love is attached to the, to the cross. For example, John 3.16 For God so loved past tense, the world that he gave his only begotten son right this is consistent throughout the new testament Maybe a fascinating word study you can do today but it isn't just that this is how we know love that christ laid his life down for us but also we lay our lives down for each other so so notice what he's doing here He's saying that if this is the definition of love and the commandment is to love others then we should mimic that definition so love is more than hey honey i'll let you have the remote control tonight or I didn't forget the anniversary so what else you want from me or I show up regularly and I tithe what else you want from me love is sacrifice love is selflessness love is service love true love defined by the cross uh, is, is a daily habit where we put other people ahead of ourselves. We lay down our lives for, 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 for our brothers. Let's be honest, many of us claim to love people who are unwilling to lay down our egos for other people. Unwilling to lay down our schedules, our wants, desires, needs, expectations for other people. Therefore, we cannot honestly say that we are exercising love. Verse 17, But if anyone has the world's goods and see his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. There it is. Truth and love. So so you can't say you exercise gospel cross center love when you ignore the needs of other people. So generosity, charity, And and love are all part of this. So whether they are strangers or whether they are neighbors, family members, whatever they, they might be, we live by love. Let us not live by simply word or talk, that we talk a big game, rather let us live a consistent game of deed and truth. And then he'll conclude, go down to verse 23, this is his commandment. We believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. It's as simple as it gets that we believe in his name, that's the truth, we love one another. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him, and by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. There it is. How can I know that I am known by God? It is simply truth. It's the gospel and love. hope to see you guys here tomorrow.